Hello all and welcome to the first episode of The Athlete's Advocate. I'm your host, Ashel Tack, professional basketball player and published author of my book, The Reality Behind the Glamour of College Athletics. If you haven't read it yet, go grab your copy. The Athlete's Advocate is a podcast series I started to share stories of athletes that are changing the game, advocating for themselves, and daring to challenge the system and change the status quo. Today I have an incredibly special guest, Malcolm Lemons. Hey Malcolm, how are you? Hey Ashel, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on today. It's so great to have you and share uh, what you know with all of our listeners. For sure. I'm, I'm so excited. Awesome. Uh, Malcolm graduated from Niagara University with a degree in business management and went on to be within the 2% playing professionally in Japan. Apart from athletics, Malcolm is a public speaker, a two-time published and best-selling author of his new book, Impact Beyond the Game, which we will cover later on. And he has had his individual articles featured in publications like the Huffington Post, Athlete Network, and many more. Apart from his personal success and work, he now focuses on helping athletes build their personal brand and prepare for life after sports. Now, I know that was a mouthful, but it is all facts, okay? Malcolm, you have done some incredible work, but you know, I want to start at the beginning, leading up to where you are now. How was your transition from starting as a high school athlete, you know, and then looking up to play, you know, college level and then the pro level. For sure. And I appreciate that introduction. I'm going to have to get you to do all my intros. But (laughs) um, for me, (laughs) for me, it was, you know, obviously, you know, anytime you're pursuing a goal as ambitious as trying to become a professional athlete, that's going to come with its fair share of challenges and obstacles. So I would say that my path to actually reaching that goal, that dream, was, was probably no different than any other athlete. I, you know, was fortunate enough to play on a very, uh, in a very competitive high school league. And I played with a lot of guys who currently playing in the NBA. Um, and, you know, I had an amazing experience playing in high school and just facing that competition was what afforded me the opportunity to go play division one. And so I did that, uh, for three years. And, you know, like I said before, it was, you know, filled with trials and tribulations. I ended up transferring my junior year. Um, and, and taking a leap of faith and, and actually playing down a level um, and, and going out to a school called Cal State San Marcos in San Diego and uh, ended up having the best year I ever had playing basketball. And uh, that, that was really what afforded me the opportunity to go play overseas for a few years. So I would say that was very challenging. It tested me in a, in a number of different ways, but extremely valuable experience overall and, and learned a ton uh, that I still carry with me till today. Wow, that sounds like an amazing journey. Um, I know a lot of times when athletes transfer, the the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And sometimes they transfer because they want better opportunities or to get somewhere um, with basketball or whatever sport they're playing. And sometimes it doesn't really work out. So I'm glad your journey worked out the way it did and led you to where you are now. So yeah, so you made it, you know, into the pros and you played in Japan, uh, but you only played for two years. Why only two years, and what was the deciding factor for you to walk away from the game physically? That's a very good question because you know physically, I definitely could have played for for many more years, uh, barring any you know injuries that I may have had. But you know, for me, it was it was really because I um, playing overseas is a very you know unstable lifestyle. It's a lot of going back and forth and missing you know, family occasions and holidays and things of that nature. And I'm very close with my family. I mean, it was just a lifestyle I didn't see myself doing for the next several years. And I had started to really discover who I was and my identity outside of basketball while I was overseas and going through that that transformation process and, and trying to 
reshape who I was as, as an individual uh, really kind of gave me a new purpose outside of, of basketball. So once I came back home after that second year and published my book, um, I still kind of had a foot in the game. I still, you know, wanted to go play overseas if the opportunity was there um, and actually did have an opportunity to go play in Morocco, but it ended up falling through two days before I was supposed to get on the plane to head over there. And after that, um, I would say my heart just wasn't in it anymore. And I, and I felt like, um, you know, my new purpose was doing, you know, pursuing business and endeavors and, and writing and uh, transitioning into this new career path that I was becoming more passionate about. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, another thing is a lot of people don't really realize what goes on overseas and the life you live, you know, with the inconsistency you were talking about, you know, being there for nine, 10 months, eight, nine, 10 months, and then missing birthdays, you're missing, you know, holidays such as Christmas sometimes, you know, Thanksgiving, all those important holidays, you know, with family. Um, so for a lot of athletes, they kind of sacrifice a lot, you know, to continue to play the, the game that they love. But before we start talking about your books, um, did you have a time or a period where you felt like you really didn't know what you wanted to do? Yeah, definitely. I would say that that was majority of my athletic career. I didn't really figure out what I wanted to do in life after basketball until uh, my second year playing in Japan. And, and that was really because I had gotten over there in the middle of the season. We had like a month long break where we weren't playing any games. And so we had practice about an hour to a day and I would just have the rest of the day to myself. And at the time, I wasn't too close with my teammates. I didn't know the city and I didn't even have Wi-Fi at the time, but I had my computer. And so I'm sitting in my room and I'm, and I'm starting to think about, you know, what led me to this point in my life? What did I have to go through to become a professional athlete? And if basketball wasn't in the picture, where would mm -hmm. I be? And I, I just came up with blanks. And so. I really just started to write because it was a method of therapy and reflection for me and, and a way of, you know, expressing myself and kind of releasing the thoughts that I, that, that was going through my mind at the time. And as I began to do it more and more and kind of, you know, going through that, that identity crisis and discovering who I was as an individual, um, you know, I started to really start to kind of create a new, uh, a, a new viewpoint of who I, of who the individual that I was and what I could potentially be doing in life after basketball. And that was writing. So that's kind of how it came to me. And, and many athletes struggle with figuring that out, uh, mainly because, you know, our entire lives, we've been told that we have to have tunnel vision on sports in order to play right. at the highest level. And, and while that's very true, I think that it, it, it's also, it's also doing us a disservice because Every athlete obviously has to retire one day. So um, right. it, it, it was definitely a struggle um, in, in some aspects. I still feel like I'm going through it, but learning to just be patient and, and enjoying the process of uh, evolving and, and growing and just learning myself each and every day. During that time, did you have any mentors that you were bouncing ideas from or talking to about your next steps or was it just all you? It was mainly all me. I didn't, <laughs> I mean, I, I had, I have an older brother that I, that I talked to, um, you know, often about any ideas that I, that I might have. But during that, that time period, it was mainly just, you know, me kind of going through a self-discovery process and, uh, you know, kind of just looking introspectively to figure out how exactly am I going to move forward without the game. And it was extremely challenging. And, and I wouldn't recommend that any athlete kind of go through that process alone because, um, you know, it's, it's just very tough to figure out 
what opportunities are out there for you or to kind of be self-aware in that moment when you haven't really done anything else with your life. So uh, for me, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of, you know, going back to reflecting and just thinking about, um, you know, what, what skills I could possibly have. What have I taken away from basketball that can be used in other areas of, of life or in other career paths? So a lot of just thinking and, and reflecting and trial and error and just figuring it out. And I think that uh, just goes back to just being patient with the process and understanding that you didn't become a great athlete overnight. And this right. transition isn't going to happen overnight. So right. I think that's the, the biggest key in it all. Um, now, you are a two-time selling author and a best-selling author at that. Um, your recent book, Impact Beyond the Game, speaks about how athletes need a personal brand and how to monetize from their personal brands. What drove this topic and what can athletes expect to learn and use from this book that that now I consider a valuable tool and resource? Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. And, you know, for me, I, I started to really recognize, you know, once I was done playing, I started to see um, how important athletes brands were and how, you know, there were so many professional athletes, you know, in, in, in the highest playing at the highest level, but they were utilizing their platforms in a number of different ways. Now look at Kobe and what he was able to build in Granity and his venture capital company and all these different things he was doing while he was still playing. And, you know, LeBron James and Serena Williams and Alex Rodriguez. And I, I started to notice all these different athletes were not only athletes, but they were business people and they were, uh, you know, media companies within their own rights. And, and as conversations began to ramp up as far as uh, name, image and likeness for student athletes, I saw a huge opportunity uh, to kind of pass down some of the research that I was doing and uh, some of the strategies that I had began to implement uh, as I was transitioning out of out of basketball. Um, and, and kind of give those those strategies back to athletes to to get them to really understand how to maximize their value while they're playing and why it's so important. So mm-hmm. that's really what Impact Beyond the Game is about. It's a blueprint that can teach athletes um, how to really take their platforms and, and create opportunities that not only are uh, you know going to help them during their playing careers, but well into the days when they're done and they're retired. And I just think that with social media and technology and the way the world has evolved, athletes have more opportunities now than ever before. Um, but it's all about how are you utilizing your profile, your platforms, your uh, that awareness and attention that you have during your career. What are you doing with that? How are you controlling the narrative to you know create sustainability and to create a legacy that's going to last a lifetime? And that's what I really try to empower athletes with. Honestly, I have to go grab my copy, but I'm really glad you wrote on this topic because I feel like nowadays, you know, people are using us as brands. You know, they're using our name and you said name and likeness, but we don't take advantage of that ourselves. We're not using ourselves in the right way. So I'm glad you were able to write about this and really, you know, put your research out there and your thoughts and experience and be able to mentor and help other athletes that may have the following or may have you know, the audience or whatever they, you know, have and kind of use that to their advantage, you know, um, and sell themselves and and be able to monetize and create brands or businesses or whatever they need to create for themselves. So that's really amazing. And I, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to read it. I'll definitely let you know what I think after I read it. But I, I think I just think it's amazing, um, really, honestly. <laughs> um, so you use your platform to educate and inspire athletes to take advantage of the system and opportunities presented to them as athletes. What inspired you to want to play that role? Was it 
more so derived from your ex- personal experiences that you went through in college or the, at the pro level? Yeah, I think I, it definitely is that because I feel like there were certain things that I didn't do and things I did wrong during my athletic career that looking back in hindsight is always twenty twenty. But um, I, I I could have done things that would have put me in a better position in, in life after sports and just reading about the the numerous athletes who have struggled in life after sports. Um, I, I wanted to ensure that or at least do my part in helping athletes understand why uh, it, it's so important to to be prepared for that transition and to kind of put the pieces together before you get there. And I think a lot of times athletes, um, you know, they don't have people around them who are telling them these things or giving them these resources or tools. And it, it, it's really to their detriment. So I wanted to empower athletes and educate them and give them something that's going to not only help them during their careers, but, you know, in their lives. Uh, it's much bigger than just being an athlete. And the the good thing is that athletes, I think, are, are starting to understand that at younger ages. They're, under, they're understanding the power and leverage that they do have. And they're trying to use that in effective ways. So I think that's definitely the good thing. And, and I'm just trying to uh, pass down everything that I've, you know, learned since, my, since I've been done playing and, and really just give mm-hmm. that to the next generation coming up. So apart from you being a public speaker, um, a best-selling author, and you know all you do um, with mentoring athletes to be more than athlete, you're also in business now. You're an entrepreneur, and you just launched your uh, first business. Can you tell us more a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's, it's actually not my first business. I've started a couple of different companies. Some have been successful, some haven't. <laughs> and that's kind of the way you know the way it goes, but. Uh, this company, you know, it, it, it clear, it's called Clarity Watches and uh, Clarity with a K. And really the impetus of the brand was, you know, I've always been passionate about watches since I was young. Uh, it's just something that watches are just, you know, product that all, has always intrigued me. Um, but I wanted to build something that was very purpose driven and had a, a really strong mission behind the company and everything that has transpired this year is in, especially in the black community, as far as uh, social injustice and just civil unrest and police brutality. Uh, me being a black, you know, male in this country, I wanted to, you know, do my part to try to impart some change specifically towards those issues. And so, you know, we donate 10% of each watch purchase to an organization called Color of Change that we're partnered with. Um, and they create initiatives to combat social injustice and, and racism in our country. Um, so the, the, the brand is really a purpose driven minimalist watch company and you know that's where we stand behind and it's just something that i've uh really enjoyed building thus far and the response has been really good but um you know just try to put the the purpose at the forefront and and really just get people to understand that this is much bigger than just a a watch brand this is something that hopefully is gonna you know give back to a dual organization that is going to make a lot of a huge difference in this country and that's what we're really pushing for so um, you know, I'm just falling in love with the process of building a brand from the ground up. It's, it's what I love to do. And especially when it's, you know, making a, trying to make a difference in the world. Um, now, you did mention the um, the social and the injustice going on right now in the world. How do you feel about the state of this country and the justice during a time like this, as both as a black man, you know, and as an athlete? Um, do you think that, you know. Do you think you know, the NCAA and, you know, the WNBA and the NBA, NBA did their job this year 
of basically backing up their athletes, their Black athletes, and doing what they can to be able to be their voice, you know, and speak out on what's going on right now? Yeah, definitely. I think some leagues did it better than others. Um, but this isn't, you know, this isn't anything new. This is, you know, has, has been a constant in our country for a number of years. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been really in, inspired and, um, you know, it's, it's incredible to see the amount of athletes who have utilized their platforms individually uh, to speak out on these issues and, and to really inform and educate people about what's going on in this country and the realities of what it is to be black in America. Um, that's been the most refreshing part to me, but I think the leagues and uh, more specifically, you know, the, the executives at the top have, you know, these, of these particular leagues have done an incredible job of kind of leading uh, that, that, that cause and, and standing behind their players and, and expressing, you know, standing up for what's, what's right, you know, doing the right thing is always going to be the right thing. Um, and, and it's been incredible to see the response uh, that some of these leagues have had and, and the players who have, you know, even sat out and, and given up, you know, their careers to fight, you know, syst systemic oppression in this country. I think that's incredible. And so um, I think it's something we'll continue to see in the future. I don't think this is anything that's going to go away overnight. Um, but the more athletes that we have that are in a position to speak out and to impart change in this country and to inform the, the, the next athletes to come up to do the same thing, um, I think it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction and giving us hope that we can move forward and become a better country and, and become united as one. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, honestly, I think that's what inspired, you know, this podcast is because a lot of times I feel like we're only supported when we're providing our physical, you know, abilities and not so much everything else that are, you know, that is a part of us. And so I wanted to give athletes this platform to kind of talk about everything else that's going on in their lives that they're pursuing that aren't really being highlighted, you know? So this season or this year, there were, like you said, there were a lot of athletes that sat out because they truly believed in what was going on and they wanted to show that they are more than athletes, um, whether they're ridiculed for it or not. Um, so it's really good to see athletes kind of branch out of their identity as an athlete and do more than what they're expected to do. So Kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, tell us one thing that's interesting about you outside of what you already do. I would say that I'm a huge um, movie buff. I love to watch movies in my spare time, um, and I would, I would, I would even go a step further and say my my favorite movies of all time are probably Men in Black and Jurassic Park. I used to oh, be a huge a dinosaur fan <laughs> yeah. when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't, it, it, most people don't notice but if i didn't play basketball and wasn't an entrepreneur i'd probably be uh a paleontologist i think is the the scientist that study dinosaurs i believe or fossils I, I was i was super intrigued by dinosaurs when i was little and i still am so that's probably a fun fact that, that most people wouldn't know oh that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> another question just personal questions here who would you say was your hero growing up or someone that you looked up to? The only person that comes to mind is my mom. I mean, I didn't have many people um, guiding me or mentoring me when I was younger, but I would say she did a, a absolutely fantastic job of, of kind of playing that role in my life and uh, just watching her sacrificing so much for my brother and I to be a single parent. Uh, you know, working numerous jobs, trying to raise two black kids in, in the inner city. 
um, you know, I just applaud her for her efforts and, and, you know, the example that she set, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, who I am or where I am in life if it wasn't for her. So I would, I, I give all that credit to her. You know, I would um, agree with you as well. My uh, hero or someone that I look up to would be my mom as well. Um, growing up, you know, I kind of spend most of my time with her. And so she was able to mentor me as well and do what she could for me um, and my sisters. So got to support our uh, strong black queens out there, you know. hundred <laughs> percent. No questions. Now tell us, are there any new projects you're working on that we should be looking out for? Yeah, I, I actually am in talks uh, with another, uh, we'll call them a storytelling company about, you know, we're working on a project that is around storytelling with athletes. I can't disclose too much right now because the details are still right. being worked out. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's a theme that is really near and dear to my heart, what we're trying to do. Um, and, you know, obviously I've been in the athlete empowerment space for a few years. So, um, it's something I'm super excited about. Um, not sure when we're going to launch it, but uh, it's definitely on the way. So uh, keep a lookout. It's it's coming. It's coming. But it, it, it's it's going to be exciting. I think I think it's uh, it, it, we're definitely going to be able to empower a lot of athletes to tell their stories better. So. So, yeah, provide your social media accounts uh, for where people can follow you and find you and then also where they can buy your books. For sure. So, so everyone, you, you can connect with me um, on every social media platform. I'm at Malcolm Lemons on, on every Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm everywhere and anywhere. Um, you can check out the watch company at claritywatches.com and that's Clarity with a K. And the book is available on every major book retailer online. Uh, so that's Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble. Um, and it's called Impact Beyond the Game. And we appreciate it if anybody Check it out. Leave me some feedback. And before you, you know, go, what what is one thing you would leave with the listeners? So, if if I could kind of give some general advice, it would it would probably be something that I think is important, um, given you know the current situation that we're living through right now with COVID, and it, it would probably be to it's kind of cliche, but don't take any day for granted. Really, w- wake up and, and be grateful that you have another day to live, that you have another day to, you know, hopefully pursue your passion. And, uh, you know, you can talk to your family or friends. Really don't take that, these moments for granted because you never know when it's, when it's going to be over. And then really learn to, to, to live each day to, to the fullest extent and, and be present in the moment. I think it's probably the best advice that I can give anybody. Uh, you know, while there's so many people struggling and uh, just so many, so much angst in the world, it's, it's just, be grateful and appreciative that you have another day, regardless of what you're going through or experiencing. Well, thank you again for coming on. And we definitely wish you the best with everything, Malcolm. We'll definitely look out for all your projects coming soon and can't wait to read the book and let you know what I think. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Shaw. Appreciate you having me. All right, good people. Hopefully you took something away from Malcolm. Catch me next time on a new episode of The Athlete's Advocate with another special guest. Don't forget to follow me on social media. My Instagram handle is at Tack, and my Twitter is Big underscore A23. My Facebook is Tack. Also, follow the podcast Instagram page at The Athlete Advocate. And remember, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete or not, whether you're a professional athlete, college athlete, or even if you just love sports. Tune in next time. <laughs>